Welcome back to Least Dog Forever. It's the cruise edition. Just kidding, that's Kyle. He's on a cruise. Uh, he won't be with us tonight, so it's just Scott and I. Um, we got a action-packed episode for you tonight. Uh, it's the trade season edition. Uh, basically, this week, next week, and then obviously the trade deadline day, we're going to be switching our podcast to probably that Friday night. Uh, maybe the Thursday night, we'll, we'll figure that out. But uh, basically, it's going to be trade talks on this podcast for the rest of the time, because why the hell not? Uh, as mentioned before, uh, I'm here with Scott, and Scott is going to announce the winner of the skills competition. Uh, yeah, so because we did have an episode last week with the Leafs being off after the Ulster break and then their bye week kind of thing, uh, we didn't really get a chance to announce it, but uh, after we uh, figured out or like watched and determined who won, we wrote it all down. And I actually had the most picks that were correct with two, that being uh, the, the winner of the All Star game, which the Atlantic Division won, and then hardest shot, which Pedersen won. Uh, and Kyle had the ta- uh, Tendy tandem with Charles and Hellebuck, and Spencer had the breakaway challenge with Crosby and Ovech. So, yeah, well, I say I got one right. Love to hear it. Love to hear it from the live cl- crowd. Not exactly uh, the best showing because there was like eight events and we only got four right total. But, but uh, yeah, turns out uh, we're not as good as picking hockey stuff as we thought. Turns out I was pretty much bang on because I meant to pick all the bad ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so pretty much the All-Star game was a complete uh, another bust um i pretty much shut off halfway through scott barely even watched it and i think kyle if i'm not mistaken was getting ready to board a plane to go to florida so he could catch a cruise so not a lot of action from the all-star game i know eh? um in terms of us but we will or we do have uh obviously can confirm that the uh, the stories that we heard with the the, the All-Star game being hosted in Toronto next year are true. It was announced on the Saturday of the All-Star game. So the All-Star is coming to our neck of the woods. About an hour and 15 minutes south. Will be <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, tickets are supposed to be early estimates. Estimates are supposed to be $350 for standing room. So we will be watching that one on TV. Um. Pardon me? I said that's uh, that's ridiculous. Oh, definitely. definitely. I mean obviously they want to they want to make money but you think uh it also game has turned into a four fans event. You think you'd want as many fans there as possible and charging 350 bucks isn't necessarily going to draw people to go. Uh one second. What's happening? One second. What's happening over? <laughs> What, my glasses fell off. One second. <laughs> uh, man, I'm sorry. My glasses fell off, and I was trying so hard to put them back on, but I just kept hitting my uh, my headphone speakers. They're still not on. All right, they're on now. Nope, just kidding. I don't know. I think they might be broken or something. You don't even need them on. You can't see yeah. anything. Huh? Like there's nothing to look at. Yeah, but I have a headache. Yeah. So, anyways, they're they're secured now. I apologize. 
my microphone was off, turned, came, put it back on, and all of a sudden I heard you, or my headset, and all of a sudden I heard you say, "What's happening over there?" Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Kyle showed up in your room randomly. Was getting <laughs> Um. Anyways, so I apologize for that, but yeah, so um, it's supposed to be for fans. It turned out to be more for kids, but I mean, money is money, I guess. To the to the NHL, so um. With that, I will say that this podcast, Leafs Talk Forever, is brought to you by the Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings and Raycon. As that's my commercial voice. What do you think? That's pretty terrible. All right, moving on. As mentioned before, this is the trade season episode, part one. So let's get into it. Uh, before the All-Star break, there's a few trades. Uh, actually, just actually, I guess yeah. There's a few, uh, depending on how big of the one, how how major of the one you think is. That doesn't make any sense. Anyways, so uh, <laughs> first we have the Bo Horvat deal. Bo Horvat, formerly of the Vancouver Canucks, was traded to the New York Islanders in exchange for Anthony Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratti. I think it's actually pronounced the pronunciation to his name is uh is like atu. It's like atu ratu. That's like oh. Um. Yeah, I actually don't know. I usually oh, okay. just go by what Gord Miller says because he seems. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess both uh, Lula Morello and Patrick Alvin were saying pronouncing like atu ratu or something like that, but uh, most people just call him atu rati. So. Um, we're moving on and a conditional 2023 first round pick. And that condition, the condition on that is top uh, 10 protected becomes unprotected and, uh, it becomes unprotected if it slides to 2024. So if it's in the top 12, um, I'm sure everyone's already heard this, but if it's in the top 12 of the draft, uh, the Islanders can't choose to use it. Uh, will protect it. It is protected, so they get it. And then if it's not uh, in that and it slides, if sorry, if they do use it, then it slides unprotected to 2024. I believe it's the if it's the 13th, they choose which draft pick they want to give up. Uh, just five days before that, on Jan- uh, January 25th, the Colorado Avalanche traded uh, Matt uh, Nieto and Ryan Merkley to the San Jose Sharks for Jacob McDonald and Martin Cott or Coot. Um, anyways, that's kind of a minor deal. Uh, and then there's another minor, minor deal, which we're going to just bypass, but February 9th, this is where the, the big stuff comes into play. Another huge trade in the NHL. Uh, and this one, I kind of want to get your opinion on because, well, I'll explain after. So the New York Rangers acquired Vladimir Tarasenko and, uh, Nico Mikola, who's a big body guy, uh, plays hard against the trauma beliefs, especially. Uh, San, uh, uh, St. Louis Blues uh, uh, reacquire Sammy Blaze. Hunter Skinner, who was supposed to be a good draft pick or prospect, but has ended up playing in the East Coast League. Uh, 2023 first-round conditional draft pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round, as well as the Blues are retaining 50% of the Vladimir Tarasenko cap. Before we get into all the trades and all of this and that, 
I want to ask you about the Tarasenko trade in general as it uh, pertains to Patrick Kane coming on saying is a little disappointed and then that he wasn't the one traded to the Rangers. And then on top of that, it's a new rumor that Carl Kuliakovo of TSN has put out that says the people that he's close to says that Patrick Kane had only two choices, the Toronto Police and the New York Rangers. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, I don't really care what Carter Koliakopo says because he's already proven in the past that when he comes out with a story that's been given to him firsthand, uh, turns out never to be true. Um, and I mean, I guess if Toronto can get Patrick Kane, then that's only a bonus for Toronto, but I'd prefer if they didn't because I don't like him. I mean, he's a good player, I just don't like him, so I'd rather them not. I'd rather them worry about getting other pieces as opposed to him. I um, I think it's a little interesting that uh, Patrick Kane wanted to go to the New York Rangers. Patrick Kane then comes out after they move on from him and get Vladdy Tarasenko. And then he comes out and says, he's so mad, he's so disappointed, etc., etc., la, la, la. Then randomly, that same, like, I think, like, literally the next day after he comes out, then Carl Kuliakvo comes on the story saying that, um, well, that Toronto was his second option and that it's going to be a, a Claude Drew scenario where he says, I only want to be traded here, so make it happen. I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to bite, bite on this one, to be honest. And if they do, as you said, it's only a bonus. Like, it would be kind of, I guess, a dream for American-born players for both uh, Patrick Kane and, and Austin Matthews to play on the same team, on the same line. I get it. But at the same time, I don't see it as like, – that's not what Toronto needs. Toronto doesn't need more skill. You know, I think that they need more people to, to bump and grind and and uh, shut down the game. You know what I mean? Like I think that yeah. they need more bottom six guys. So I just don't see how – I don't know. It's just convenient to me. It's convenient. And like other people have confirmed that story that apparently Patrick Kane and – has interest in coming to the Maple Leafs, but it seems too convenient. Okay, <laughs> uh, beforehand, I mean, not that Part I. Of me? I don't know. I, I was. It sounded like you were mumbling to yourself there for a second. Uh, nope, I was actually trying to figure out because you just came in and said it sounds too kaboom, like just like oh, a robot. It sounds too convenient to me, is what I said. Um, it just seems like beforehand, and I'm not really that in on every reporter, every insider, every beat reporter, or whatever that talks about it. But I, I wasn't really hearing Patrick Kane to the Rangers, and then the second that. The Rangers trade for Tarasenko. Now that's all anybody's ever, all anybody's talking about, and I don't know. It just seems convenient, like it's a way to drum up interest in, in acquiring Patrick Patrick Kane, and that the team's maybe over over uh, uh, over selling, I guess, like giving up too much for him because now the interest is all in on him as opposed to other players. Because it was, um, I only want to go to New York or Toronto, but now that New York's under the option, maybe I'll be open to go to another team if they give up more. I can confirm though that like pretty much every every uh 
podcast, every beat reporter, every insider has linked Kane with the Rangers. Yeah. Before he came out yeah. and said that he won't, yeah? Yeah, pretty much all season. Um, just still seems too convenient to me. Like, convenient in, like, that now it drums up interest in Patrick Kane. Like, all the reports around that he only wanted to go to Toronto or New York. Now teams know that. They're, they'll probably be, if they want him, they'll probably be willing to give up more to get him. Which, I don't know, it just seems a little convenient that, that all of this is happening. You know, it is convenient. The word? Uh, the Jacob Chitron scenario with uh, being held on a Saturday's game with, uh, was it Fred or Saturday? Saturday. It was Saturday. For, he was supposed to be traded by Monday, but that never happened. <laughs> yeah, for trade-related reasons. Well, I was hearing, to, I heard today, well, yesterday, I listened to it back today, that there's a conspiracy theory out there. Well, two, actually. One is that the Arizona Coyotes had a, a so basically the trade is is half done with the LA Kings and they're holding it's 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 revolving around money and a contract that LA doesn't uh sorry that Arizona Arizona doesn't want to take on because they want to bring in more cap than what Jacob Trisha makes. So uh basically there's two conspiracies out there revolving around this. One is that they only said that he's getting held on the on the uh the lineup for trade related reasons and then the report came out that um, LA and Arizona were close on a deal to kind of gar- uh, garner garner interest on like you know like say Toronto comes back to the mix and says okay well what's LA offering you we'll offer you you know we'll match the deal we'll you know yeah and the whole point of that is because now I guess executives and, and people around the league are telling I guess it was only Freeman that said it that could actually not be the case and it could not be as close as what anyone thinks. And that could just be a kind of a, a chess move on, on uh, Arizona's part where basically they're just trying to generate interest around him. The second conspiracy is that apparently he might've hurt himself in the game that they played against, I think Chicago on Thursday night, last Thursday or last Friday night, apparently he might be, a, he might've got injured and tweaked yeah. something. And they don't want to say he's injured because then they'll bring down his trade value. Hmm. I mean, so. he can't get traded anyway. Why can't he? Well, he'll have to pass the physical. Yeah, but if he, physical, if he no like, say for traded. example, he like, well, I mean, not it's not a major tweak, but say it's like I don't know, maybe he twists his ankle. You know what I mean? And and if he keeps playing and it happens again, he could sprain it. You know, like I think that's the whole yeah. strategy that huh. they have. Pardon me. I said, yeah, that's true. So I guess their their Arizona's whole thinking is if it is around an injury, that if they can pre- pre- prevent it from getting worse, then they protect their asset. But now there's a big conversation about that the NHL should step in. Yeah. And it should only be protecting your asset for trade-related reasons. A lot of people are saying if the player, like say, for example, Patrick Kane scenario, where he controls the destination – he controls this, he controls that, and then he goes to the team and says, I'm sitting out for trade-related reasons. Or they're saying, okay, you want to be traded so bad, we'll sit you out for trade-related reasons. But players like Jacob Trichin, who have basically no saying where they go, people are mad that they're he's going to be sitting out. Now, keep in mind, I, I am frustrated and pissed off and annoyed with the fact that he's been sitting out now for going to be almost a whole week. You know what I mean? 
Like that's yeah. that's just ridiculous to me. But if you're holding a guy out because yeah, like on but a even with and then, Arizona wasn't going to do anything. Well, no, but I mean, like, well, that they they have they have they have seven point they they're on a seven game or seven point game seven they've got seven points in the last seven games. But and um, seven game points ring. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, regardless of like how Arizona is going to do or not, that's I think the the point of it is all like. Like this week, they play Tampa Bay, they play Nashville, they play, I think Nashville twice, Tampa Bay once, Seattle or something like that, and it's conveniently all against teams that are in a race for a playoff spot. So then Dallas is mad that they're keeping Chitron out because they're playing Nashville, and and apparently Toronto's mad, or there's rumor that Toronto's angry with it because they well they beat Tampa Bay last night. But apparently, Tron was angry with it because they're sitting on their best player or one of their best players, who could maybe potentially shut down a, a situation where they could score, um, because they're trying to protect an asset when the trade isn't actually intimate at all. And the same goes for Gavrikov and Columbus. Yeah, it's like the only difference between the two players is Chitron actually wants to get traded. Gavrikov said that he came on and said that he just wants to play, so he hopes the trade happens soon. Yeah, and. I don't have a problem with that. I think that that that'd be no different than what's happening with the LTIR, where players are put on maybe don't have as serious injury as they they say they have, or the team says they have, and are put on LTIR for a majority of the season, and then come back to the playoffs. Everybody's fine with that now because it's helping teams with the cap situations. So if if Arizona wants to sit down with players. Then they have every obligation to sit on players. They they don't owe anything to any of the other teams who are in playoff races. Yeah, it's going to suck for Toronto if Tampa Bay passes them, but like, that's not Arizona worry so, or Dallas. Like if Arizona wants to sit Chitrin because they're worried that he's going to get injured and then they won't be able to trade him this and get whatever they want for him, then they should ever have every right to do that. And if the other teams, like I said, who are in the playoff races have a problem with it, then that's on those teams, not on Arizona. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, like, I, I mean, see... it's, a, it's, it's, it's a little bit different of a situation, but like teams sit on, I mean, obviously isn't, they're not the best player in the team, but like there's people, players who get scratched all the time who, who could impact the game. Yeah. But Maybe I not on the, the level of Chitrin, the... but, but teams don't have a problem with that. So like, I don't, I don't see a problem with Arizona deciding what to do with their players in the best interest of their organization. I think the point is, is like, if they're sitting them out for trade related reasons, because the trades on the horizon, that's different versus then just sitting him out and then trying to generate interest and get other teams interested in. It's like, it's a smart strategy, but I think teams and, and people around the league are like, it's not trade related reasons after a week. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I kind of agree right, well, with you, but at the same time, I kind of agree with you. But but even if it isn't trade related, like they say it is, but it's not. Like there's still nothing wrong with it. Like maybe like obviously, I guess Chitron wants to play and whatnot, but obviously he's agreed to sit down. So it's not like they're forcing yeah. the player to do it. And if in the end the player doesn't actually get traded, then they'll just start using him in the lineup again. I don't really see it's, a problem, other it's than the fact that, that he's, Toronto he and Dallas are play. mad because. Well then, yeah, then that that even adds to it. Like then, it, like, if the player is okay with it and he doesn't really necessarily want to play, 
the only reason teams are mad is because they're losing ground and potentially losing ground in the playoff race. But that's on the team losing ground. That's not in Arizona. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, how many times Toronto lost games this year that they could have won, where then Tampa beating 16. Arizona, they w- it wouldn't have mattered. Or Dallas, the same thing. So, it, I don't know. I don't see a problem with it. I think the bigger problem I have is is the Arizona, if the LA, th- like the rumor thing, using the rumors to heighten the trade, is that I think that's a bigger issue. Because if, if, so if LA isn't allowed to talk about Chitrin to the public because of whether they're in trade talks or want them or whatever, then why would why should Arizona be allowed to use, although they're not naming players, but why should Arizona be allowed to come out publicly and say we're in trade talks with LA to heighten the value of the player that they, they're getting? Or they they want to trade. I think that's just the reverse of of what's not allowed for what some of the teams to do. You know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I also think it's a little strange that like, well, like we kind of talked about this a little bit, but but like how fast rumors go, you know, in the NHL. It's like, I wonder who who said what in this situation because like Chichen was held down, everyone panicked. Everyone tried to collect information. It was rumored that he was going to Toronto. It was rumored he was going to Edmonton. You know, the typical. But more importantly, I want to know who started this rumor. Because apparently, what was it, Sunday afternoon? It was like Nick Kiprose and a whole bunch of other people reported that Brent Clark was going to be the center of the deal. And then and then, L.A. confirmed like two hours later that like their, Brent Clark and Quinn Byfield are both staying put. So yeah. I want to know if Arizona put out that trade proposal or that trade rumor or leak just so then people said, okay, you're offering Brent Clark. Okay, I'll offer Matthew Nyes. Or they're out offering Brent Clark. Okay, I'll offer Player X, you know? Yeah, which that's what I mean, though. Like, Arizona shouldn't be able to do that. If LA can't talk about or talk to or even mention whatever players they're interested or they're in trade talks with on Arizona, then Arizona shouldn't be able to bring up players on L if if the rumor was started by Arizona, shouldn't be able to bring up players on LA that are apparently involved in the trade just to increase the trade value of their player. Like that's just the reverse of what the teams acquiring the player aren't allowed to do. So why should the team training the player be allowed to do it? Yeah, that's true. Scott, but another thing That's true. Scott, the philosopher. Um is I mean, maybe not specifically Nick Kiprios in this instance, but I feel like a lot of times teams use the the source as like a a go to for getting players' names out there. So, like obviously in this instance, Nick Kiprios, at least in Canada, is a pretty big reporter insider. Like he seems to have connections within teams in the NHL. Yeah, for but those who I, for those who don't know, I read Nick Kiprios' book. People consider Nick Kiprios the Bob McKenzie or the Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet when it started. Like when, when Sportsnet first started, he was the trade breaker. He, he actually, yeah. believe it or not, taught Darren Dreger how to do the job. So obviously he's got skin in the game, but continue. Yeah. But so obviously, I guess if he's the one who was reporting it, maybe not the first one, but at least one of them. But I feel a lot of the times like, Sources tell me Brand Clark is involved in the Arizona trade is just a way for them to to throw out their opinions on who they want in the deal with it without it being an opinion piece. 
like you see it all the like a lot of the times they'll say sources close to them say this sources close to me say that sources who know the person say this but i feel like most of the time it's just them using that as an excuse to get their opinion out there so maybe brand clark was never actually involved in the trade but people thought that that'd be a good return so instead of just saying here's my opinion piece on why brand clark should be involved in the trade they put on a story saying brand clark involved in la trade uh sources confirm to me that this is true or whatever just so it seems more accurate and valid than just saying i want brand clark to be traded yeah well i mean that's true look at uh, the situation remember when Tarasenko got traded and i told you like that one random dude who is in a group chat that i know was telling everyone that sources told him that these people were involved in trade and this is what it's going to look like well then he did the exact same thing when chitrin was excuse me, supposed to be traded. He said, sources tell me Cal Peterson for uh, Vel Jamelka is going to be part of the deal. Yeah. It's yeah. like, but allegedly that's, I mean, like there's no evidence of that, but allegedly the one player on from LA going to Arizona is, this is probably where I got the idea from, is makes more money than Chitron that LA doesn't use, and that'd be Cal Peterson. But it's like it's just funny that like he's even doing that, and he's got no skin in the game. So yeah, you're probably right. Uh, like Kiprios may do it, even Elliot Friedman and them, like the big guys may do it too. But I feel like their opinion pieces are more valid because they have more connections to the teams than. Well, yeah. Most of the time, you just see sources confirm to me that this is accurate, or this statement was said. This player was involved. Turned out to never actually be true because. Like those players don't get traded involved in those trades, so I, I don't. I just feel like sometimes it's used as an excuse to give their opinion on who they want involved in the trade, but try to make it seem like it's valid. I would even throw saying, like Kevin. Well, this Weeks is just your opinion situation. instead of this is actually what's happening. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Weeks. Yeah, he like, always says he, like he always keep an eye out for like this person, and then nothing happens. Or keep an eye on big news coming up, and then it's just like. Uh, I'm moving to a new location. I'm, yeah, you want to know what pissed my, off. My wife has to go to the grocery store. <laughs> like nobody cares. You want, know what, you want to know what pissed off a lot of people about him? How the he turned into he a said, gimmick machine and just started randomly putting stuff on his head to break trades. Well, yeah, but like this one in particular pissed a lot of people off. The other day, he put like breaking news, uh, like or sorry, big news coming soon or whatever, and then he said breaking news. I've been, I've, I have, I, sorry, he's what I can confirm that I am, and that, or sorry, I can confirm that sources have told me or something like that. And then he said that I'm an, now officially an American citizen. So he used the breaking news and then the. Wasn't he American anyway? No, he's Canadian. Oh, I thought he was American. But, but he used like the big news coming soon and then breaking news stuff. Just yeah, so he could, con- yeah, just so he could confirm that he's an American citizen. Like no one cared, and people were like, "Honestly, at this point in time of the year, like this point, like in the season, you probably shouldn't be using that." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember when he when he first started doing that at the trade deadline, like two years ago, and everybody was in love with it. Like him putting the videos on of like hiding behind a plant or having a garbage can on his head, and then like. Yeah. He'll tweet out like breaking news. Stay tuned, and then but now it's just annoying. Like just just break the trade. You don't have to put seventeen tweet lead up just to get interest in it, and then it'd be nothing. I I just took a dump. Like nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The other thing though, like 
this kind of pisses me off a little bit is um like so I know I know a guy who um he's like does scouting and last year I think I told you the story but he broke like a I forget what deal it is what deal it was it was like a San Jose trade at the very end of oh it was um I think it might have been the Max Pacioretty deal actually. Anyways, the return wasn't significant. Like, like it wasn't like a big blockbuster deal, but I guess that Max oh, Petrotti could have been. absolutely nothing? Wasn't yeah, Max Petrotti traded for, like, future considerations? Yeah, but, I, okay, then it wasn't, it wasn't that. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll find the trade, but more of the story is he was, he was talking about, like, he tweeted it out. Like, this guy tweeted it out himself the trade because he knew someone from the scouting that he does in the WHL that has an inside source. And he told him that the trade was happening. Well, then he tweeted out. And I guess Frank Saravelli was kind of pissed that he didn't get to tweet it out or whatever. So then he started messaging him, like asking where his source was and this and that, the other, it was kind of messed up. But I guess at the end of the day, like that's, you know, like Frank Saravelli pretends that he's got skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I never liked Frank Saravelli. Um, just trying to see here. Yeah, just trying to see. Um, to me, he was always just like a second-rate Bob McKenzie, Darren Dreger. And you can yeah, tell he only cares. Ego. Yeah, you can tell he only cares about reputation. That's why he jumped to Daily Faceoff. And then it was all Frank Cervelli made Daily Faceoff known. Frank Cervelli saved Daily Faceoff. Frank Cervelli is the face of Daily Faceoff. Meanwhile, when he was at TSN, it was. Frank, who the hell is Frank Cervelli? Because we have Bob McKenzie and Darren Dreger to listen to. And then he got replaced by Chris Johnson anyway, who's more reliable and I think. Yeah, Chris Johnson. Uh, the one thing that I like about Chris Johnson is I think I literally told you this the other day, but the one thing I like about Chris Johnson is that he just seems like he's a super nice dude. You know, yeah. like even when he's on his podcast, he's just like just shooting the shit, you know, he's just having a good time talking about things. And then Frank Sarah really gets a lot of the. Well, it's probably because one sec. Sorry. I had to hiccup. up. Um, it's probably because uh, Chris Johnson knows that like, he just enjoys talking about sports and then he's just doing it as a job because that's what he likes to do. Whereas, I mean, not that Frank Cervelli doesn't like talking about sports, but it seems like Frank Cervelli is trying to make it more like a, a professional career. Whereas, although Chris Johnson uses it as a professional career, it seems like he just more enjoys talking about it and just happened to, like, like he has the platform to do it, whereas Frank Cervelli made the platform because he wants to be famous or popular for being talking about sports. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Frank Cervelli seems to be using it more to hype his name, whereas Chris Johnson just uses it to to talk about the sports and stuff. I I Frank Cervelli to me just there's just some about that guy that I just actually there's a lot of people on TSN and Sportsnet that I don't like, like obviously not personally, I don't know them personally, but just like their their personalities on TV. I'm not really interested. Like Jeff Merrick, um, oh, yeah, Jeff Merrick. Dave Poulin, 
uh, Craig Button, Mike Johnson, Craig Simpson, Chris Cuthbert, uh, Gordon Miller, uh, Jamie McLennan. Uh, you don't like Jamie McLennan? Martin Biron. No, I just like I realized I had a long list, so I just added people. On. Um, no, I I like Jamie McLennan. I like the whole Overdrive crew. They're funny. Like that, uh, that's sorry, the kind I'm... of. Pardon? Like no, no, besides, like the Ellie Freeman, Bob McKenzie, who are like not worldwide, but like sportwide famous for their not knowledge and insight and like connections they have. Uh, if it, they're not on that level, then I, I'd prefer that it be like humorous, like the Jeff O'Neill, Jamie McLennan style. Yeah. Otherwise, they just seem like they're trying to be Bob McKenzie, and or they have a grind axe against Toronto, like uh, Dave Poulin. Oh, yeah. Wait, did I say grind axe? Axe or grind is the right way to say that. Dave Bowen. Yep. Yeah, he was on the Broad Street Bullies, did you know? Even though he started playing in the 80s and the bullies were pretty much gone by then. Yeah, more, yeah. Okay, so I found the trade. July 13th, 2022 at 5.38. He tweeted out, Pacioretty and Coughlin from Vegas going to Col- to Colorado. What? To Carolina. Lock it in. Not sure is the return yet. Nothing confirmed. Then he tweeted a few minutes later and said, not 100% sure on the return, but uh, at a guess, I think Nicious is going the other way, or Nikas, or Nicious, or Nicious, or Nikas, yeah. or however people want to say it. Everyone says it different. And then he says, now we wait. And then a few minutes later, he said, I heard Nisha's name attached uh, to this when I first heard it, but it turns out way better than the, or this is way better for the Canes. And then Frank Cervelli stayed face and said, wanted to give this man his props. He was on the uh, Pacioretty trade first, then linked it. And then I guess messaged him asking how he got the information, who he got it from. I kind of interrogating him. So. Yeah. Interesting. And then the guy responded with Nanya. And then Frank said, No, he like, was like, I think Nanya? he was actually giving him answers. Oh, he said D's. And then Frank said, like, Who's D's? And he's like, D's nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he just sounds like, Got him. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's get a word from the show sponsors. Let's come back, talk a little bit more Leafs. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Matthews returning, and then we'll get into. I mean, we haven't really talked about the Leafs at all yet, but well, that's fine. It's the trade. It's the trade. Um, it's the trade specials. But yeah, so we'll talk a little bit of Leafs, then we'll the get back team. and yeah, exactly. Then we'll uh, get a little bit of more trade rumors, trade talk, this, that, the other, and we'll be back after these words. See you. This time of year, everyone talks about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make that big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if there's something that you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. 
And yeah, Raycon stores at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between the products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than the others. Even if you know you'll love Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about that purchase. They offer buy now and pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. My favorite features about the Raycon headphones is the noise isolation, the crystal clear call quality, and the 8 hours of playtime on my everyday earbuds. So are you ready to buy something small with big impact? Go to Raycons.com slash THPN today and get 15% off of your Raycons order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoop action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, place the same-game parlay on any NBA team, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get your free bet back. In light of the recent NBA trade deadline, I'm going to be placing every bet on the Phoenix Suns, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on any NBA bet and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. All right, we are back, if you couldn't get the hint. Uh, it's me and Scotty G. We're back. I'm going to work on a better intro for uh, when we come back from that. Uh, obviously not doing a huge betting lineup or betting segment this week. I'm just going to say, uh, for the week ahead, there's two games this weekend, Montreal on Saturday, Chicago again on Sunday. I'm going to be taking Toronto on both one, the Saturday game. They're going to want to kill Montreal after Montreal embarrassed them the last time they played. And two, and most importantly, I think we just saw that Chicago – I mean, that game was basically lifeless, but I think we just saw that Chicago – if Toronto even plays half as good as they did last night, doesn't stand a chance. So I don't think it's going to be the Columbus special that we had on last Saturday night. So if I was a betting man, I would bet on actually the underdogs in both. So I would bet on Montreal and Chicago. Here's why. Because if you bet last night 60 bucks, you you won $10. If you bet on Toronto, so you had to bet sixty dollars to win ten. That's absurd. So if you want to make any money, bet one two dollars on Montreal and Chicago, and chances are you might win ten ten bucks, twenty bucks, depending on what the uh, the betting line is. So personally, I want obviously Toronto to win. I think they're going to win, but for a betting segment or a betting lineup, I'd probably say that. Or you can parlay it with Toronto winning. And then like a Matthews goal or over 30 shots or this or that. If you do the parlay, boost it with DraftKings. Um, so, yeah, pretty much that's the end of the bang segment for now. We're going to go right back into it. 
Obviously, as mentioned, Scott, your take on the uh, Austin Matthews return. I know we didn't catch the game because we had hockey last night, but uh, or ball hockey last night. But uh, yeah, Austin Matthews return. They scored nine seconds in. What do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't. Right, I don't so, really know. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, it's better to have him in the lineup than not out of or in the lineup than not, but. I mean, I don't even did he do anything like like did he get any points or anything like yeah, that? Or was he, it just like a, he was the one who called the play on the first goal that well neither and I scored nine seconds in. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so Yeah. I th- I think um, obviously it's he's one of the best players in the league. And yeah, hopefully it's not a nagging injury like he's had to deal with the last couple seasons. And hopefully it uh like it doesn't continue on. But yeah, I think it's it's better to have him in the lineup and then out of the lineup, specifically because he can score and and, and dominate and control play, which I think based on the Columbus game, uh, Toronto is was in desperate need of someone who could do that. Uh, and yeah, judging by the score and and how what I heard about the game, it seems like that they they did that last night. So it's only only a benefit for the Leafs. I agree. Uh, it doesn't seem to be an egg injury. Yesterday was exactly three weeks from when they put him on the IR. Um, Wayne Simmons did clear waivers as a result. Alex Steves got sent down. Um, yeah, just kind of uh, in- interesting in a sense that, I mean, like they huddled together. He called a play. That play worked to to a T. And the defenseman who blew blew a wheel on the play was actually Jake McCabe. Last night was probably the most anticipated game with in terms of, like, in the last couple of weeks, anticipated versus at least in terms of uh, teams that they play against because Max Domi was in it, Athanasiu was in it, uh, McCabe was in it, Kane was in it, Lafferty, Dickinson, uh, you name it, Toronto's interested in it. Allegedly, reportedly, on Chicago, like, there's so many people. Apparently, they also were rumored into Alex Daylock, but now Alex Daylock's got, like, a, a Oculus dysfunction or something like that, which is basically like something to do with his eyes and brain. So he's on definitely like, uh, yeah, apparently there's a lot of players that Toronto is interested in on Chicago as among, among other teams in the league. Like it's not just Toronto, but Sam Lafferty is one uh, for sure. Um, and then obviously so on and so forth. So forth. Sorry, but uh, having Austin Matthews back is obviously a big deal especially to boost that uh, top six because Kerfoot was playing in it as the second center and he just uh, doesn't do it for me at center. So nice to have AM34 at back. In the situations where Matthews don't, Nylander should just play center. Yeah, I agree. And then you won't have Tavares and Kerfoot or Tavares and Camp. You'll have Tavares and Nylander, which is, although Nylander doesn't play center all the time, is still a better... One, two, then Tavares and Kerfoot. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I want to get into a few of these trade rumors and then talk about what the Leafs want or need, okay? Yep. So this is just the most recent, as of today, uh, from Peck, uh, Peck, from Puck Empire on Instagram. They usually go through, find the, the biggest uh, news stories. Uh, and then I want to get into a little bit of what happened on the uh, Leafs report today which is brought to you by The Athletic with Jonas Siegel and James Myrtle, which I listened to. They had 32 minutes with Alex. Uh, I mean, 32 minutes, 32 thoughts. 
uh, with Elliot Freeman. So I want to get into a few players that he had mentioned that Toronto in, and then we'll give our thoughts. So obviously we talked about Pat Kane. Let's move on. Uh, it's, uh, there's whispers that Seattle Kraken are among the team's interest in Jonathan Taves. The Flames remain engaged in discussions involving Brock Besser and Luke, and Luke Shen. Uh, the Flames are considering moving Mackenzie Weger. The uh, Senators remain interested. Side note, allegedly, if that trade ever did go through, Mackenzie Weger, um, they ha- if they move him before January 1st or July 1st, his trade, no trace clause is, is not in effect. So it is rumored that if they could get Luke Shen and Brock Besser, that Mackenzie Weger could go back to Montreal, uh, Vancouver. Uh, the Blues could get up to a first-round pick for Ivan Bar- Barbashev, and in terms of that, Boston Bruins are the front-runner for him, which they don't need him. Uh, it is believed that the Toronto Blues have interest in Max Stillman, excuse me, which is something we hear every week, every year, every day, and every month. Uh, the Panthers may need to decide between Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt, and Anthony Duclair. Uh, the Hurricanes want to move their first pick this year for a play with term, and the Predators per their GM, are not expected to be buyers, but will probably be sellers at the deadline. Uh, so that is the most recent in the trade discussions. Uh, in terms of that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting Max Domi down as a player that Toronto needs or, or Toronto wants. Or yeah. sorry, Toronto has interest in. They may need him or want him. Uh, but it's just his dad, the rumors, the same, same old shit, different day. Um the one that kind of interested me the most out of all of them, to be honest with you, like of that part of my interest, would probably be the Vancouver Calgary. The Mackenzie Weger, Brock Besser, Luchin. I, I, like, I mean, obviously Calgary isn't doing as well as they expected to do. Um, maybe a little obvious because I feel like Kachuk fit on that line with those players. That's why they did better. Similarly to Florida, like Weger and uh, Huberdeau fit with the players they were playing with. That's why they did well. But I just I'm surprised after like not even a full season, uh, they're already looking to move them. That's just a little shocking to me. Well, and they signed an extension too. Well, yeah, but like yeah, I just I thought they would have it would have been at least like two, maybe three years before they they. Uh, whether it was working out or they need to move him to clear cap or whatever, not not uh, halfway through the, his first year with the team, I was yeah, I'm a little surprised by that one. But if Calgary can get Besser, although it doesn't necessarily make the team better than what it is right now, he's he's still a good player. I think he can fit in well with the players they have there. And then Luke. Well, it also defense. it also adds um it also could add a, a secondary option for them to pull with Jonathan Huberdeau because he hasn't been able to get it going. He's on pace for 58 points coming off 118 or something last year. So, um, yeah, I think that was just fluke. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, I mean, it's also the, the team was playing exceptionally well and the line that he was on, he was familiar with those two. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Apparently, it's also Anthony DeClaire's link to Calgary because Anthony DeClaire was the original member of the of – the, he was originally the third person on the line with Barkoff and – Huberto, but he hasn't played a game in like over two years, I think. So, who Anthony we'll Duclair? Yeah, he like tore or severed his Achilles tendon or something. Uh, uh, so, so then uh, that's just the latest rumors. Uh, each week will be basically until the trade deadline. We'll be just going before over. we move on. Yep, I'm I'm really annoyed. And obviously, I like 
this isn't like a hate on thing like most people with the Leafs media or whatever, but it's really annoying how every year it's always like the same five players who are linked to Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, as one guy leaves that list, a new player is... Like, for the longest time, it was Jordan Clarkson, Wayne Simmons. Who? Uh, Jordan Jordan Clarkson? Jordan Clarkson. David. David, David Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson's David, a basketball player. Yeah, David if he's Clarkson. linked to the Leafs, then we suck. <laughs> uh, David Clarkson and Wayne Simmons, and obviously both of them came. David Clarkson didn't work out at all. Wayne Simmons has filled, I guess, the role they wanted to play. You could argue nicely, but I don't really think there's a point in him being on the team. But, like, Max Domi and and uh, all these other players, I can't even think of them right now, but like, there's always, like, five or six players every year. The trade deadline, off-seasons, they're always brought up as being connected to Toronto and Toronto's in on them and Toronto's looking to add them to acquire them. And, and then they never get any of them. And then eventually they bring them in 10 years later and the, the players suck. But it's just annoying. Like is is, like what what would be the point of adding Max Domi? Uh, I guess well he is having a, a, a an above average year this year, but I guess because he's got grittiness to him. Yeah, and but, but then people only bring him up because his dad. Like they they see the name Domi and they're like, oh, we should get him, and then it's talked about for the next seventeen years until he leaves the league. But like, it's really annoying how, and then when other players are brought up like. A Noel Achari or or a Tyler Myers or other players who could actually benefit the Leafs or or, or play the roles that the Leafs need, and then everybody's like, "Well, like like these players suck. Why would we want them? Bring in Max Domi, who for most of his career has been overhyped and is really like a third line player playing up. It's just it's just annoying how every every year it's always the same players that are always linked to Toronto, and those yeah, players Matt- never end up coming. Max Domi hasn't proved himself really at all, like as an agile player, like a consistently yeah. uh, stable, like top six, maybe a top nine, probably a bottom six player. Um, but yeah, as you said, basically, it would be pointless for them to get him because it would only be ever linked to his dad, as you said, and that's yeah, yeah, and then that's he would let the it go to part. his head, and he would try to fight, and it wouldn't work out for him. And then people would, or he won't fight. And then people will be like, "Well, how come you don't play like like your dad?" And then like it'll just be a yeah, big hassle, and, and and it won't be about it won't be about hockey. It'll just be about him fighting and being like his dad, which and it will be similar. To eleven years play. later, people should realize that yep, he's not his dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Felino, yeah. Not that Nick Felino was coming in to be Mike Felino, but Nick Felino had a lot of hype because his dad, because he was a Leafs fan, because this had the other. And yeah. then he played a total of like six games and then was injured and then left for their rival. Like, that's one thing I don't understand. Like, if I was a, well, I am a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, but if I played hockey like in the NHL and and I played for the Leafs and I got my dad's hat and, you know, I got injured during the playoff run and I was apologizing on the table because you just spent all that asset, the least I would do is sign a, another year. I would say in my mind, like, okay, I'm a Leafs fan. Regardless if they if it's not going to work out or blah blah blah. Okay, I'll I'll try to do this team this team due diligence and like I'll sign with one year contract. But then he left, and if all teams to leave for, he left for Boston. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, they gave him five million. That's probably a good reason. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but still, my points. I think my point makes sense to me. Yeah, it's like I agree. I think if if I was a ever in the NHL as a Leafs fan, and the Leafs were either traded for me or wanted to sign me, I think I would just stay on the team until they no longer wanted me. Yeah. I don't think there would ever be any other reason for me to leave just, just so I could play with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Even if teams were offering yeah. me five million, I'd I'd probably just still stay with the Leafs. Yeah. Um so with that on the thirty two sorry, uh on the Leafs report, uh whatever it's called with Jonasino, Jonas Eagle, and James James Bortle. They talked to Ellie Freeman. Ellie Freeman basically went over a list of names that he think is possible for the Leafs to try and inquire about. One was Sam Lafferty, as I already mentioned. Max Domi was not part of that list. Ellie uh, Freeman said that they're actively trying to shop for pricks slash assholes, um, which would, to me, a few names that he brought up were uh, uh, Nick, Bus- Nick Bukestad of Arizona, uh, who has the best points per contract or points per AAV this season? Um, another one was uh, damn. Now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, 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 what's his name? Sean Lawton. Is that his name from Philly? Oh, Scott Lawton. Scott Lawton. Um, and I now, of course, I'm drawing a blank. There was like 15, 15 names, but he said one of the people that Toronto had a lot of interest in and that they almost signed before he re-signed with Philly was Scott Lawton. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of interest in him. Um, but yeah, it was no Kane. It was no Timo Meyer. Like they talked about Kane, obviously, and potentially getting that deal done. But it was no yeah, Kane. It was no Timo Meyer. Sorry. Pardon? I don't see Toronto adding a, a, a player of that caliber. There's no point. You already have five 60-point scorers who like can just produce at a level higher than what they have been this season, whatever. I don't really – obviously, it's, it's not a, a negative to add more scoring, but I don't see them adding a player on the caliber of Patrick Kane or Timo Meyer. or – yeah, like I mean, top top end guy. Uh, sorry, I got the list here. So Patrick Kane, uh, they talked about Patrick Kane and Tier Meyer, but those weren't the people that Ellie Freeman thought they'd go after. Uh, Vlad Gavrikov, uh, Ivan Provorov, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, Tyler Bertuzzi, um, Scott Lawton, Sam Lafferty. Uh, who else did I mention? I just mentioned him. Max Domi. No, no. Uh, Oh, Nick Bukestad. Oh, yeah. I thought you mentioned uh, Max Domi too. Yeah, but they didn't like they didn't mention Max Domi on the podcast. Oh. That's that David Pagnata guy who's saying that Max Domi has been linked. Oh, okay. Also, um I also heard a report today from uh Mark Lazarus, the Lazarus or whatever yeah. his last name is, that said that uh, apparently, Chicago would be willing to retain half of Jake, Jake McCabe's contract if the price was right, which would bring him down to $2 million. Oh, Justin Hall. He's so. the best defensive defenseman in the league. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I obviously I write articles. I'm not sure if I'm not allowed to mention who I write articles for, but in the one article that I wrote, I mentioned Derek Grant would be a good option as well as Frank for uh, Frank for Toronto. But I think Derek Grant could be a good option. He's also Matthew's size. He's a bigger dude, um, but he's got better face-off percentages and better defensive off or defensive zone starts than David Camp, which I mean, is, is something that Toronto needs. You know what I mean? Like, John needs, I think, more guys like David Camp who shut down the opposition but also bring size. Yeah. Uh, another guy that I mentioned that probably will never happen, but you never know, is Dakota Joshua, uh, just for his pure physicality that he brings. But also, Ellie Freeman was mentioning that like, there could be a chance that Sandine could be gone, who's their best hitter, and they could actually... like. Apparently, apparently Kyle Dubas said has said, or the rumor is that he has said that it's it's defense, it's defense last. Like defense is their second priority besides before, before or after Ford. But I guess because they think that having Jordy Ben as their eighth defenseman is not a bad thing, so they're going to focus on forwards. So I don't know, like, if you can name a few, but, like, who are guys that you think that Toronto would be interested in or that you would be interested to have on Toronto's line in, line, in their lineup? Sorry. Uh, on board? Yeah. Oh, Nola Chari. That was the other one. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Scott Lawton or, um, or like, just players of that, that, that type who, who are, like, gritty – not necessarily like enforcer or pound your head into the ice fighters, but like get under the player's skin, hit, kind of dig for the puck. I think that's and specifically in the bomb six. I think that's what Toronto's missing. I think they're trying to trying to mask the the fact that they don't have that with with lines like Engvall, Camp, and Kerfoot who can just cycle the puck around. But that's not really digging. That's not really grinding. They're not really wearing down the other team. They're just keeping control of the puck. So I think, yeah, yeah. in the bomb six specifically, I think like players of that caliber is what is what Toronto's missing. And would would guys like I know that this probably won't matter to you, but would guys like Kerfoot, Ingval going at the door with that, or yeah, do you think see, that Toronto should try to add? I think no, Engvall. Excuse me. I feel like Engvall's hit and miss. Specifically earlier in the season when he didn't seem like he even cared to try. Obviously, he's he's been playing better lately than earlier in the season. But still, uh, if you have to give up Engvall to get someone who can come in your bomb six and, and play the role, then give up Engvall. And I think Kerfoot's slowly falling out of favor anyway. I feel like earlier in his time with Toronto, he was a utility guy who they would play in all situations up and down the lineup. Maybe not like penalty kill power play, but like they'd play him with Matthews, they'd play him with Tavares, they'd play him with whoever third line, whoever fourth line, and then they'd rotate him around throughout the game. But I don't know. They they don't seem to be doing that as much. They shuffle around Nylander, Bunting, and then more based on what what's happening in the game than Kerfoot. So if yeah, if Engvall and Kerfoot have to leave to add players who who can fill the roles of what the team needs, then then see you later. Plus that also clears a little bit of cap. If you're adding players, yeah, like you don't make as much as much. So. Actually, I think almost six million. Also, yeah, I would I, include I, Zach Acid Reese in that category too. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like Acid Reese though. But if you have to get rid of him to add someone who can who can contribute a bit more, but also play the same style, then 
that's only a bonus. I feel like the the players who Toronto has identified as role players on their team for the last three years are all yeah. expendable. Kerfoot, Engvall, um, and then the new additions like Austin Reese, Justin Hall, all those guys. I think they're all slowly going to be transitioned down and, and new players will be brought in to replace them. I'm just curious to see what Toronto actually does because like, if they add... And they add, say, Nolachari and Avid Barbershev from St. Louis. And then they get, uh, let's just say, Luke Shen. Like, that's three more players on top of the players that they have on their lineup. If they're trying to have a healthy. They get who in, and who in Barbershev? Uh, Archari, what I oh, said. Okay. I thought you said, I thought you just said if they get it, Barbershev and Shen. And then you said three oh. players. I didn't hear you say Achari. Yeah. So if they get Achari, Barbershev, and Shen. Like, that means that one player is probably to start your, 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 your first round, first game playoff against Tampa Bay. I think Shen's a right hand defenseman. So that means one of your right hand defensemen are coming out, or potentially oh, one of your left handed defensemen are coming out because I think Sandine's fallen also on a favor. Um, and then Brody would transition back to the right side or left side. But at the at the same time, then then what's happening up front? You know, like you got Ingvall, you got Kampf, you got Kerfoot, you got Yarncroke, you got Holmberg, well, and who I, else? I feel like if if they're adding Achari and Barbashev, then more than likely one of or both Kerfoot and Ingvall are gone. But if they if they add Barbashev and Achari, then I feel like the Bunting, Matthews, Marner slash Nylander, whoever they want to play there, stays. Barbashev plays second line with Tavares and then either Marner slash Nylander, whoever is playing on the top line. And then the third line goes Camp, Yarncroke, and Achari. And then the fourth line is a mismatch of guys from the minors. And if they keep Austin Reese or or whoever else they have from the lineup right now that, that just needs to play in that fourth line role. And I'm not saying that, like, I think the difference between uh, Bobby McMahon and Zach Aston Reese is probably a hundred thousand, like in terms of dollars. Um, but like, I think Toronto could potentially get away with having like trading uh, pure ingball even and putting Bobby McMahon in that situation. You save like probably two million dollars, just about one and a half. You know what I mean? You're saving yeah. money, you yeah, can do the same not. things. Pardon me. So let's say, obviously, hypothetically, Toronto gets rid of Engvall, they get rid of Kerfoot, they add in Achari, they add in Barbashev. Yeah? Right? They don't get rid of Justin Hall, but they also add Luke Chen. Would it be crazy for them to only have 11 forwards and then have 8 or 7 defense going into the playoffs? That way they can increase Matthew Marner, Nylander, Tavares minutes a little bit. They could rotate if it's Austin Reese and Holmberg or McCann or McMahon and Holmberg on the last line there. They could rotate them on third line minutes every once in a while. But then you also have the seven defensemen who can rotate in and out based on who's playing well, who's not playing well. Can you do that? Can you start seven defensemen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, you'd have Riley playing the most because he's your number one in quotation marks. And then, obviously, I guess Brody, Giordano would probably fill in the next. But then, like, you could rotate Lilligren, Hall, Shen, Ben. And then if you keep Sandine or whatever uh, in 
per game, but then the other four defensemen you have in game, you could rotate like on lines to play with different people based on who's playing well and who's not. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. Well, I mean, I guess it just, you know, yeah. Uh, I guess maybe just the fact that you don't have 12 forwards would be a little bit off-putting, but if if the big five bunting, or the big four bunting, and then uh, Barbashev and Achari, hypothetically, if you add them, can all step up and produce more in the playoffs, then I don't really see the point of having 12 forwards. You can add that extra defenseman, and that also helps with the, the fatigue of your defense, too, because you'll have seven guys rotating in the lineup yeah. instead of six. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea, actually. I think that might be a smart idea. And then if, like, Holmberg's not playing well, you could scratch him or send him down and call – or I guess you'd have to wait for the series to be over, but call someone else up, and then you could just rotate them in as third line every once in a while. They could still play their five, six, seven, eight minutes a game that they normally play, just playing third line instead of fourth line because you wouldn't have a fourth line. Yeah. I mean, you heard here first if Toronto does do that. Because it wouldn't actually be that bad of a plan as long as they rotate the top four, like the big four. And they don't just play, um, like they don't just play Matthews 28 minutes or Nylander 28, you know what I mean? Like if they split those up, then that'd be. Well, I think Matthews, if, if they're sticking with, I don't know who was on the lines last night, but. I don't know. Are they still doing Matthews with Marner, or are they back to Matthews with No, knee later. Okay. Well, then I think Matthews Marner have to play the most. So if they're playing 28, then I'd, I'd still think, yeah, you'd play Nylander, Tavares, like 23, 24. And then everybody else can just slot in down based on who's playing well, who's not playing well. But I just, I don't, I don't see them doing that because Keith, for some reason, loves rolling four lines. Even in situations she shouldn't, he's still like Matthews, then Tavares, then Camp, then Holmberg, then back to Matthews. Maybe Matthews and Tavares get an extra shift here and there, but like you're down one late in a game and two minutes left, and here comes the Holmberg line hopping over the bench. So I, I don't yeah. see them doing that, which in the playoffs they shouldn't because if you're down a goal with two minutes left, like put Matthews out. He's your best chance to score. Yep. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I don't see them doing it. Especially, and, like, I don't see them playing the minutes that we just said they are going should play. But, yeah, I don't know. It just popped in my head when you mentioned Luke Shen. And I think it'd be a a neat trick to do. 11 forward, 7 defense. Rotate the bottom five. And then your defense. Yeah, I, I think it would, too. And, I mean, it's something that Sheldon Key's done before. So it's not unlikely that they do that, but it just seems like you know who your opponent is, you know what they're going to bring, and you know kind of similarly to last year what to expect from uh, them as a core. You'd think that you would just go into this trade deadline kind of going based on that and then going based on what you expect from Boston, which is two things that you you lacked a little bit last year in a sense is kind of defense. So the seven forward strategy or seven defense strategy wouldn't actually be a bad one. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. If that does happen, Scott, the insider. Um, yeah. So basically I guess next week will be a similar situation unless something big happens, but I guess next week's pod will be a similar situation. We'll have Kyle back. 
Uh, I am still working on that collaboration episode um, where us three kind of join the other podcasts podcast and oh, uh, the yeah off, offside hockey or whatever yeah and then um see about that we talk a little bit of puck and we move on and then um after that it is the trade deadline march 3rd so get your uh get your cups of coffee ready your cups of tea whatever you drink and uh sit by the tv and enjoy because it's probably gonna be really boring but at the same time jam-packed yeah um yeah i think you think that's good or you want to touch on a little bit more no no i think we're good all right well trade season episode one is in the books uh remember raycon for your headphones DraftKings to win some dollars. And like, subscribe, and download. Also, we may, just may, have something up our sleeves for the trade deadline special. So, uh, the second annual trade deadline special, actually. So, make sure you follow us on social media. uh, Visit our website and... uh, Follow along because we got a jam-packed couple weeks for you. Have a good week. Thanks.